Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and I'm happy to be doing this episode today because outside uh, the weather looks pretty miserable uh, here in Hope Mills, North Carolina. It's windy and it looks like it's going to rain, so I guess today is a stay inside kind of day. Um, so, okay, so on today's episode, uh, there are a few things I want to talk about. Um, Right. Uh, this uh, podcast is geared towards uh, veterans, uh, people who are actively in the military, uh, planning on getting out. And uh, so there's some things I want to talk about. Right. Um, the first one I want to talk about is pretty important and it should be a concern for every veteran out there. Um, OK, so I don't know if you've heard this, but in the new um, proposed budget, um that has been sent to Congress, uh, the idea to reduce the deficit is uh, to take basically take back disability payments if you're working. Um, a very rough breakdown, if you're receiving disability payments from the VA, um, there's a threshold that they're going to set, right? So if you're working, you know, if you, if you retire or if you're getting, if you're getting any disability, it doesn't matter if you retired from the military and you're, and you're drawing a retirement uh, paycheck. If you're a veteran and you're receiving disability payments and you're working, there's a certain threshold that your household uh, can earn, right? And then for every $2 that you go over that threshold, they're going to remove, take away $1 of your disability. So for those of you who were proactive and decided to get a few certifications and, uh, you know, pursue education while you were in, theoretically, if you're, you know, making $100,000 in this job, well, you'll receive no disability payment. And so to try to be as objective as I possibly can, you know, there's different ways to view this. It's like, yes, I understand the deficit is uh, a problem and it needs to be addressed. Um, however, that problem is not my problem and it's not our problem. We served our country. We did the best we could and we're injured and we deserve to be compensated for our injuries. Now that compensation does not have to come in a monetary form. Okay. Um, but let me tell you right now, my dream was never to be a regional and cultural instructor. You know, I like my job and I like the people I'm working with, but that's not what, you know, when I was a kid uh, back in East Los, East Los Angeles, you know, and my teachers would ask me, what do you want to be when, when you grow up? I, I never wrote down, I am positive. I never wrote down regional and cultural uh, instructor that never came out. Right. This is a job I was lucky to find and I enjoy it. Um, but this isn't, what I want to do for the remainder of my life. I'm doing this because I'm injured and my shoulders are shot. So is my lower back, my hip, my left hip and my left knee. They're, they're done, right? Yes, I do run. And when I run, it hurts, right? But that's because I want to achieve this one last goal when I run, you know, in my running career, I want to, qualify for the Boston Marathon. But every time I run, it hurts. It does. It hurts my shoulders, it hurts my back, both hips and my knees. 
So I'm not sure if I'm going to achieve that goal. Um, But I do deserve compensation in some way, shape, or form. And yes, I know people out there are going to say, well, there's a VA, right? They're out there helping you. Um, I know on one of my last podcasts, I was talking about how, you know, I went uh, to the doctor um, through the VA. They sent me out on the economy out into uh, to see a regular doctor because the two VA facilities here are backed up. They don't they have no more room. Right. And my experience there was, was a good experience. It was pleasant. Now you have to stop and think, why was it pleasant? Well, because during my 22 years uh, career, 22 year career, in the military, right? How many times was I actually able to go to sick call? My, the six years I did in the 82nd Airborne Division, uh, I went twice. And the first time I went, um, the company commander said, well, Sergeant Rodriguez, you know, if you go to sick call, you know, you can be viewed as a malingerer and you can receive a company grade or a field grade article 15, right? So it was basically telling me if I went to sick call, I was, you know, going to get in trouble. So I did it. Um, but the second time I went, um, I, I had to because I couldn't bend my wrist. I had this uh, ganglion cyst on my wrist. And it's only because I showed my first sergeant that big lump on my wrist that he said, oh, please go to sick call. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I would have only gone to sick call once during my entire time in the 82nd Airport Division. And then when I went over to USASOC, well, you know, we have team medics. So, you know, they're happy to help you out and give you, you know, antibiotics if you're feeling sick or, you know, if you're a, have just simple aches and pains, you know, they'll give you the ibuprofen. So ibuprofen. So nothing was ever recorded, right? It wasn't until like year 17 when I finally went because my sinuses, um, which are a big problem because I live next to burn pits on my three deployments to Iraq. I think the furthest I ever lived away from a burn pit was about 200 meters, right? And so my sinuses are my sinus passages are always acting up. It's just constant pain, right? And uh, so I went in to um, finally go have it checked out. And I remember the PA saying, because I asked for a referral up to the specialist, right? And he said, well, you know what? We're not going to waste their time by sending you up there. I'm just going to prescribe you some Flonase. It's like, well, thanks a lot, Holmes. Like I didn't figure, like, you know, I'm an adult. You don't think I could have figured that out to go down to CVS and buy some Flonase? And, uh, they were always concerned about like, why is my blood pressure so was so high? It's like, it was high because when I would go in, I knew they weren't going to help me. They were allotted 15 minutes to see me. 14 minutes was them just taking my weight, taking my vitals and then reviewing my history. And every time I would go in there, they would review my history from the time I was born. And so they would eat up the time and then they would have one minute to see me. And they'd basically insult me by saying, Hey, you're just here to uh, waste our time. So we're just going to give you here. Here's some pills. Get out of here. Right. And every time I went in until I was finally a first sergeant, it was like that. And only because I was a first sergeant and I would finally speak up and say, you know what? I want to see the OIC, get him in here. That's when they would jump through hoops like, whoa, sweet Jesus, never mind. We take it all back. We'll you know, do a physical exam on you and we'll help you out, right? And that's piss poor medicine right there. That's just a joke, right? But that's what I was used to. So when I went out on the economy and somebody was actually treating me, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. It wasn't. That was just that was seventy five percent, right? That that's the norm. That there was nothing great, okay. And what's my point of this? My point is that the VA is screwed up, 
All right. The VA is screwed up. I don't know if anybody saw this, but on LinkedIn and on social media, they were talking about a, a Navy SEAL who took his life uh, last weekend. Right. Well, who did the VA do anything to help that guy out? Like, I know they have this 1-800 number, right? For And it's always if you have uh, suicidal thoughts, if you're thinking about hurting yourself, if I'm thinking about hurting myself, you should be reaching out way before that. It should never get to the last point of, hey, you know what? I have nothing left. Nobody likes me. There's no point for me to be on this planet, so I'm just going to end it. That's not. That shouldn't be when the VA stepping in. You should step in way before that. And yes, I understand the people at the VA are overworked. Guess what? They chose to work there. They weren't. They didn't enlist into the VA, the vet, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. They didn't swear an oath. They applied and they took that job. So if you don't like the pressure, if you don't like it, then quit and find another job. But while you work there, it's your responsibility to provide us the best service that you're capable of providing. Because we deserve it. All right. I've been trying to get a referral to an orthopedic surgeon, right? It's like, again, it's like the goddamn 12 labors of Hercules here just to get a referral. I go into the VA clinic and uh, facility and they're telling me, oh, you know, we can't help you. You know, you have to, you know, call the 1-800 number. I call the 1-800 number and they're like, well, we can't help you. We got to send you over to the, they forward me back to the VA clinic where I just left. And it's this ridiculous loop of people just not wanting to help me. And I get it, right? Because that's what I'm used to. Of just the Army and now the Department of Veterans Affairs just passing the buck and saying, we don't give a shit about you. We just want you to wander off and go. Just leave us alone. Just go away. We have no more use for you, right? You were an instrument. You were a tool. You were something that we used to accomplish your goals. And now you're out. And now we have no use to you. For you, right? Well, guess what? I'm not in the army anymore, so you can't threaten me with a field grade Article 15 or general letter reprimand. So I'm going to run my mouth, and if you don't like it, that's just too goddamn bad. And it's like I deserve the best care possible, and if you can't provide that, then you need to cons- uh, compensate me financially. All right, so I can go find better care. All right, you're not. Paying me this money so I never have to work again. You're paying me this money so I can go find my own health care. So I can go find somebody to take, you know, take care of my shoulders since you don't want to address it. You know, and I have a lot of people, a lot of veterans who are telling me, well, you know, use your TRICARE, go here. And then then you go get your prescriptions at the VA. So it's like it should not be that complicated. All right. This shouldn't be some thousand year old you know, story or something written in Sanskrit that I have to decipher, you know, in order to get adequate health care. It shouldn't. And I'm not going to put up with it. And nobody else should. Right? And I, I appreciate everybody's assistance. But you got to understand, VA, you guys, basically I'm giving you the bird right now. F you, right? Go choke yourself. And for all these politicians, you know, this, I don't like this podcast to be political but for those of you politicians who vote for this you know what go choke yourself too and so for the veterans out there who are listening please um i would encourage you don't write your congressman because 
they're probably not even going to read those letters. Who's going to read those? They're uh, administrative assistants, and they're just going to send them to the, the trash file. All right. What you need to do is, what do these guys fear? Just being reelected. Once they're out of office, then what are they going to do? They'll have to get a real job, right? So that's what they fear. So I encourage you to get on whatever platform they have, whatever, if it's Twitter, if it's LinkedIn, if it's Instagram, whatever it is, and write on there that you do not want them to vote for this garbage because we are owed more than this, all right? Yes, I am working. I found a job, but the Army didn't prepare me for this job. SFL TAP did not prepare me for this job. If anything, I had company commanders tell me, don't take college. The last command, company commander I worked with, I liked that guy. He was really good. My two sons, my, my three sons, I had lunch with two of them this week. They all liked him, and he was very good. But I also had him say to me that NCOs, sergeants, didn't need to waste their time going to college, that that wasn't going to help them get promoted. And although he was, in, he was very intelligent, that is quite possibly the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life because he was viewing it again, just at his level for him to do his time as a company commander. He wasn't viewing it at the individual's level, right? What's going to help them in life. So to get off my soapbox, please go write your congressman, get on whatever social media platform they have and tell them that they're, that they're stupid. That we deserve better. We deserve the best care out there. And if they're not willing to provide that, then they need to resign. Because the Department of Veteran Affairs is falling apart. It's a lot better than what it was. But when you're an organization that is just trash, it's hard to be, uh, to get worse, right? Like how... If you're already at ground level, can how how much farther low how how much lower can you go? It's like you can't, right? It's like the only place they had to go was up, and even right now at the stage that they're in, it's not even fifty percent. It's not even fifty percent. You know, I like to say I'm a seventy percent uh, leader, right? Well, they're they're at like thirty percent right now. They're hot garbage because the people that work there have bad attitudes. They don't want to help anyone, and they just run you around in these circles. And their biggest thing is, oh, here's your compensation. Okay, now leave us alone, right? They don't want to provide any health care. They don't want to provide any mental health care. Only if you're at that point where you want to hurt yourself or you want to hurt someone else. Then they'll help you out with mental health care. So please get out there and contact your congressman because this is important, right? This is very important. All right. Now, um, you know, I was talking about um, you know, I had lunch with my uh, two sons this week, right? Two out of the three, they're my uh, adopted sons, right? The, I adopted them when I was in a Echo Company uh, 98, Civil Affairs, right? And they're, I was very happy to see them. And, you know, I enjoyed my time with them. And uh, the, so we went, we went to IHOP, right, to have lunch and uh, their systems are down and I, we couldn't pay. We had to pay with cash. And the uh, uh, server there, was he was kind of a jackass, um, uh, in my opinion. But I, I was getting a little stressed out, a little frustrated. 
And I'm very glad uh, that the two friends that were there with me, they, uh, they said that like, yeah, that guy was a jerk. Now, whether he was or not, I don't know. That's how I perceived it. I, I think they just said that just to make me feel better um, because they could see that I was getting frustrated and offended because it seemed like that guy wanted us to leave. Um, but what's the point of this? The point of this is that, you know, I mentioned that Navy SEAL who uh, took his life, right? Well, it's important for us to keep in contact with each other. You don't have to keep in contact with everybody that you ever met in the military because not everybody is, is your friend, right? Like, just talking to people saying like, what? People that I knew in East Los Angeles, I don't, I don't talk to anybody from back there except for my sisters. And that's it, right? And so it's the same with the military. Just because you served uh, with people in the military doesn't mean they were your friends. And so my two sons, I, I got to uh, have lunch with them this weekend and this week. And then I uh, was able to contact uh, another another buddy, Adrian, right? From He was also an Echo 98. Uh, used to call him Machete. He was really smart. He's, you know, at another post. Now, I don't want to say where he is, but he's at another post. And he's doing really well. And Adrian, if you're out there and you can hear this, I'm, I'm glad you're excelling at your new job, buddy. And uh, I'm very proud of you. Um, I also had uh, lunch with Juan, Juan and his wife. And, you know, it's always good to see Juan and his wife. Uh, they're both doing very well right now. And, you know, Juan's taking his time looking for a job. And we're talking about like uh, the difference between uh, starting like an LLC, uh, limited liability corporation and a, a nonprofit. And uh, he was asking me like, why didn't I start a nonprofit? And this, we've discussed this before um, for a nonprofit here in North Carolina. I need a board of directors. And I said, uh, for me, I like doing this podcast, uh, but it's my decision. I'll, I'll do what I want. I don't have to check with anybody. The format is whatever I choose for that day. And I, I like that freedom, and I, I recommend somebody, if you're out there and you're getting out of the military, that you find something that you can do where you have total say in it, you have total control. Uh, because while we were in the military, we always had to seek guidance or approval Right at different echelons, and at this point, it's like I, you know, I work and I still have to clear things with my boss, um, but I do have a certain level of freedom, which I greatly appreciate. But in this, in this podcast, I have total freedom, whatever I want to do. If I want to do five episodes a week, or if I just want to do one one episode a month, it's whatever I want to do, right? And if I had a nonprofit, then I would have to have a board of directors, and I would have to answer them, and you know. My wife said, it's like, well, why don't you have your daughter be on the board of directors? It's like, okay, so who am I going to have my daughter and my granddaughter on the board of directors? I can't do that. They'll vote me out. They'll seize control of the nonprofit and they'll vote me out. I'll be out on the street. I won't have a podcast, right? Uh, because I'm growing, uh, they're independent thinkers, right? And they're always trying to do better and seize the day, right? And, this podcast isn't the best, but I, my, I know my daughter's smart enough that she would see an opportunity, seize it, and then uh, run with it, right? And I'd be very proud of her, but at the same time, I'd be a little sad because she would have taken my my podcast from me. Um, so why am I talking about that? Why am I talking about all this? Why am I rambling on? Uh, because for me, it's important to uh, just stay in contact with people. You know, I'm an introvert. I like to keep to myself, but like, Every person on the planet, you need some sort of uh, 
contact with humans, right? You need to have some sort of social gathering. Well, I, for me, I'm not going to go out and try to make new friends and find new people to be pals with because uh, I just don't want to do that. Um, and plus the people that I met in the military um, that I respect um, that I've mentioned on here, you know, I, I like talking to them. I like hanging out with them. And Alfredo, if you're listening to this, bro, once I move out to uh, Fuquay, we'll hang out more. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, trying to get this uh, closing uh, done on this new house and then get everything moved out there. Um, but it's important. We need to check in on each other so we don't end up, you know, hearing about somebody who t- took their life, um, you know, where we could have stepped in or we could have seen what was going on or we could have helped them. Um, so if you're out there, please uh, just reach out, just have some sort of support system. Um, for me, um, it helps me just to relax, um, just to hang out. Um, so I also had lunch with another individual, right? Uh, not really a friend, but an acquaintance, a retired sergeant major who I knew. And uh, we had lunch and he was talking to me and he's doing very well. He's working on Fort Bragg. He's has a job as a contractor. He's making decent money. He's making about 65000 a year, right, as a contractor. And he was telling me that I shouldn't have retired. I should have stayed in and I should have uh, maximized my time so I could maximize my uh pay my retirement pay right so we both have the rating from the va this exact same rating so we're both making the exact same money so that's a wash and uh you know he was breaking down the numbers to me i was telling me how like his retirement how much more he's making than i am uh because he did 30 years and he's making about five thousand dollars a month just in retirement and he's telling me like he he could just he doesn't even have to work between his retirement and his disability like he doesn't have to work and, and that's true. And, you know, he should be very happy. And so our disability is the same, right? So that's a wash. And so then he was telling me how much he made as he makes as a contractor. So I was telling him, okay, well, you know, he makes a little more than 5000 a month. I said, Let's, so you're make, as a contractor you're making 65000 right? We'll re- go high and we'll say he's making 65000 uh, in his retirement, right? So that's what, 130000 and he did 30 years in the military. I did 22, right? He did really did 31. And it's like, so you did 31 years in, in the military, right? And now you, you know, aside from your disability, you're making what, 130,000 a year, right? And he, you know, he should be proud. That's plenty of money to live off of. And I told him, okay, so I'm not making that much um, for my retirement. He's making a significant amount more. But because I didn't listen to my so-called leaders in the military, right? And I did what I wanted to do. I pursued my education and I received some degrees and some certifications, right? And so I told them it's like between my retirement check and the money that I earn, my paycheck that I earn, my salary that I earn at my job, I told them I'm making $151,000 a year. So, and I told them, look at this, bro. It's like you did 31 years in the military to make 130,000. I did 22 and I'm making 151. I'm making $21,000 more a year. What are we talking about? Like, why would I stay in the military for another nine years to be miserable? 
for what? Why? And I get it. He, he, you know, for him, it was great. He loved every second in the military. I had my good times. I had my bad times. But I don't regret tiring. And I'm, I'm mentioning this because there are people out there who are on that border, right? And they don't know, should I retire? Should I not? You know, if you look into the media, there are a lot of people uh, that are being laid off. Well, yeah, that's going to happen all the time. There's never, you're never going to come into a market where it's just hiring, 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 hiring. Places are going to lay people off. There's a possibility you could be fired, right? But my point is you have to have a plan and it's your life. And this is what I explained to him. It's like, bro, I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, you're not paying my bills, right? It's He's not. He's not paying my bills. It's like, so my life is just that. It's my life. And I will decide how I live it. I will decide how long I stay in the military. I'll decide when I retire. It's like, stop preaching to me. It's like, you're you're not a sergeant major anymore. You're out. Like, you, you don't have any rank. It's like, so please stop talking to me and trying to mentor me because I don't need your mentorship. I passed you. It's like, when we were in the military, you were my superior. We're not in the military anymore. I passed you. It's like, if this was a race, if we were running a marathon, I would be crossing the finish line and you would be on mile 10. Okay, I'd be 16 miles ahead of you. And that's not arrogance. That's just the way it is because he didn't prepare for life out the military. He thought that because he was a sergeant major that he was going to find a really good job. And don't get me wrong, his rank did help him find this job on Fort Bragg. But it was a basic bare mid and mid-level, right? Entry-level job. Nothing great. So he's doing all right, and I'm happy for him. But again, stop trying to mentor me. I don't need your mentorship. I don't need your guidance. I don't need your advice. Okay? It's my life. I'm going to live it how I want. And everybody who's out there, you need to have that same attitude. It's like because you're going to get advice from a lot of different people, right? And if they give you advice and you take it and it goes to shit, then what? It's not like you can go to them and say, hey, well, you know, things don't work out. Can you uh, help, you know, give me some money so I can pay my bills for the next three months? They're going to say, pound sand, dude. Like, go away. Like, we're not going to help you. And so just have a plan if you want to get out. You know, I've heard multiple people say to try to come up with numbers. Like, and this is why you should stay in because look at the numbers. It's like, you're just an idiot. It's like, you just come up with these stupid numbers to try to prove your point, but you don't see the big picture. And you... It's like just people who are on this trip of trying to get people to stay in the military to try to scare them from transitioning out. It is scary, right? Because it's 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 a change. It's something different. Um, but we all have to make that that leap at some point, right? And what I, I what I realized is that being in the army is like they're they're not really going to help you once you decide to get out. You're on your own. So live your life how you, how you want to live it. Okay, so I don't know if you can hear that, but that's a thunderstorm, right? So I'm, I'm going to cut this short because who knows if the power is going to go out here in the house. Uh, whenever there's a thunderstorm, the power seems to uh, flicker in this house. Um, so this week for shout-outs, right? So for shout-outs, you know, I want to shout-out my son, uh, my eldest son, uh, Johnny, John, you know, he – you know, all I ever wanted for him was I just wanted him to be happy and, you know, just to not make the same mistakes that I did and just go out and, and live his life to the fullest. And, you know, he has a, a 
a new baby, Jing Jing. And, uh, you know, he has his family now and things seem to be going well and I'm very proud of him. And, uh, you know, I just want to say I love you, Johnny. And I, 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 I'm very, very proud of you. And I hope, uh, you know, you keep on this track and that everything goes the way you want it to go. All right. So for uh, military uh, jobs, right, uh, or companies. Um, so um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, so if you go on Facebook and you just type in uh, my friend Juan, um, he does uh, like plaques, right, for people. And so, like, if you're retiring um, or if you just need something, some sort of plaque made, Juan can do it for you. So if you go on Facebook or if you just Google it and you type in Gando, C-A-N-D-O, Custom Creations. Again, that's Gando, C-A-N-D-O, Custom, C-U-S-T-O-M, Creations. And if you go on Facebook or if you go on Google, uh, you can find them. And if you need something made, I'm sure they can do it for you. You know, I'm sure they'd be willing to uh, ship it to you if you want. Okay. Um, it's a lot of woodwork. It, I've heard quite a few people who are very uh, pleased with his type of work. So go on there and uh, just check it out. All right. So until next time, just remember you are special. You have something to offer. Uh, you have something that makes you unique, so just identify what that is, what that is, and maximize it to um, the fullest, right? And I know you'll be success successful in your transition out of the military and in life. All right. So until next time, zot zot zot, and roll tide.